welcome to Young Adult at Heart, Great YA Reads for All Ages, part of the Camden County Library Family of Podcasts. I'm Kristen, and with me today is... I'm Ryan. And today we are presenting The Last Kingdom by Bernard Cornwell. Uh, today's book was chosen by Ryan. Sorry. So he's going to give us a summary, and then I'll explain why he said sorry. Um, uh, so just reading off of the, uh, the book jacket, uh, Bernard Cornwell's epic uh, novel opens in AD 866. Uhtred, a boy of ten and the son of a nobleman, is captured in the same battle that leaves his father dead. His captor is the Earl Ragnar, a Danish chieftain who raises the boy as his own, teaching him the Viking ways of war. As a young man expected to take part in raids and bloody massacres against the English, he grapples with divided loyalties between Ragnar, the warrior he loves like a father, and Alfred, whose piety and introspection leave him cold. It takes a terrible slaughter and the unexpected joys of marriage for Uhtred to discover his true allegiance and to rise to his greatest challenge. It sounds interesting. <laughs> I liked it. Um, so the last couple of people that have podcast, I've made them introduce themselves, and like I never really had you introduce yourself. Do you want to like, um, like I mean Emily say like where she worked and. Sure. Uh, I mean I, I feel like you might have done that to me before, but you can yeah. we can do it again. Uh, my name is Ryan Lammers. I'm the collection development librarian. I work in the Voorhees branch uh, here at the Camden County Library. That's on the third floor behind closed doors. So. <laughs> that you'll never get into. Yeah, uh, unless you know the code. Um, I, have, I have limited interaction these days with the public, although in a former life I was a reference librarian, so I used to work out on the public desk. Uh, anything else you'd like to know about me professionally or personally? <laughs> oh, no, me. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> that was great. I, you know, I, it's just everyone, it's been changing so frequently, and like maybe people want to like introduce themselves, and um, Ryan is my most enthusiastic co-host. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't know that, but uh, I guess cool. You, you're definitely um, the person who wants to do it the most with me. So I figure if you're going to keep being here, you should probably know who you are. Well, I think it's kind of fun. So sure. Thank you. Um, all right. So this is my very first. Uh, did not finish. <laughs> out of all of the books we read so far, I made it 180 pages oh, in. How many? 333. Um, I didn't hate it. I like it. I just, I, I can't. I'm going so slow. We postponed this twice. Yep. We were, it's, what is it, December 5th? 5th, yeah. We were supposed to do this on the 18th of November. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were supposed to do it last week. Last Thursday. And I just kept asking for more time. And I had the weekend, and I really thought I would finish. But I would read, like, 10 pages, and it would take me, like, over an hour. It's just, it's so much information. And I... I'm a speedy reader, but I don't know. Not this time. So I have very few notes, and Ryan has a lot of notes. Well, uh, I don't know. He has a lot of notes. <laughs> they're, they're not that many notes, but... I've never seen so many notes in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There, there are a lot of things that I, I liked about the book, and <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I have that many notes. Um, so you wrote I, a book? <laughs> I wrote about a book. Um, <laughs> I guess, I mean, do you want to just kind of get into it or? Yes. So we'll just start, and there's going to come a point where I can't talk anymore. <laughs> we'll just let Ryan go. I apologize in advance for, for that point. It, it's either going to be a really quick podcast or a really long one. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I feel like quick is probably the way it's going to go. <laughs> um, so uh, as far as the, the main characters, it was pretty clear who the you main did. character was. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I didn't have anyone. I mean, I, I sort of in parentheses put Brita, um, but she wasn't even remotely close. But she was like his companion through a lot of a lot of his early um, early stuff. Mm -hmm. If you watch the TV series, they kind of give her a bigger role. What's the name of the show? The Last Kingdom. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's made by BBC America. I have never seen it come up as a suggestion for me. Well, if you didn't like the book, then maybe Netflix yeah. knows. Yeah, like probably historical fiction is not your your recommended thing. But if you do want to see the you know visual interpretation that BBC America did, it is it is on Netflix. I watched the first season. I actually I didn't watch the second season because I I wanted to wait until after I we talked about the book because mm -hmm. I didn't want to have that kind of confusing like oh did that come from the the book or the show yeah. the season one or two. And one thing I, I did notice that season one goes beyond the first book. So like in the show, the timeline progresses further after, uh, you know, the, the book stops at like, I don't know, maybe episode seven-ish in the show. It's always interesting when they, when they do that. There's yeah. other shows where they've done that. Um, how many books are there? I think like six maybe. I don't oh. know. It might be inside <laughs> the, the cover. Let me, let me take a look. The last time Ryan and I podcast, I picked the books, and they were the X-Files books, and he was not overly thrilled with my choice, so I said he could pick this one. <laughs> so this is his choice. Um, it is not 12 young adults. Um, it's adult, but the main character starts off in his teens, although he never felt like a teenager. Yeah, I mean, he, it, it's a little bit weird, and I, I don't really think that it's – targeted at a young adult audience and again I'm I'm sorry I was kind of just like oh hey it's a, it's a young adult protagonist so maybe that'll count but the way the story actually starts is he's an old man recounting his childhood yes so arguably he's never even 10 in the book he's like this old guy I don't know 45 is probably an old guy probably, yeah, at yeah. that stage he's like I'm ancient he's yeah. like he's probably had you know four decades under his belt but it, it does start when he's uh, a child of 10 and by the end of the book, I think he's like 22. So talk about his age a little bit, because I can talk about that. I found it really interesting, because he starts off, and he seems so much younger to me than 10. Like, okay. he seemed like a child, which I know 10 is a child, but if you look at 10-year-olds these days, you know, they act so much, well, they pretend to act so much more mature. So he seemed very young to me. And then... 100 or so pages in, he's like 13, 14, and he seemed like he was like 18, 19 to me. Like, I never really got like that tweeny feel. Okay, you, you think that they kind of just skipped over a whole phase of life? I think that could have just been how it was in 800 AD, you know? Yeah, I, uh, obviously it's hard for us to speculate terribly accurately about what life was like a thousand plus years ago. When 40 is ancient, <laughs> and you're getting married at 13, 14, you don't really have tween years like you don't yeah. have tween angst because you are an adult yeah if, if you live if you live to be 15 you're lucky yes. like i mean a lot of a lot of families they have yeah, you know seven kids and two or three survive kind of a thing everyone's so. dying in childbirth yeah um actually one of the things that i wrote down for one of the side characters that i don't think you would have encountered is eventually his wife mildreth you probably didn't get nope. that far um well it was it was it was kind of funny because um and i guess I'll probably talk more about that later because there's a whole subplot involved with Alfred and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but he's suspicious because the this this woman that he's you know kind of getting forced to marry is like shockingly old. Oh. 
Right. And it's like, oh, well, how old is she? It's like, well, she's 16. And it's oh, like, it, it's, well, it's just like, well, what's wrong with her? Why is, hasn't she been married? Why doesn't she have three kids already yeah. at, at 16? So it's like, well, that's young <laughs> for our perspective. That's so funny. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else that we want to say about, about Uhtred? Um, do you want to give, like, history? Like, do you want to explain what's going on? Because I, I am not a history sure. person. And I, when you open the book and it immediately explains the names of the places <laughs> and how the author tried to make them as historically accurate as possible, but I, none of the names make any sense. I enjoyed that. I mean, I, th- I don't know. I, I think a lot of them are pretty cool, and a I lot of them. London. <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, London. It just spelled slightly differently, but I, there's there's some that are that are pretty obvious. I, I think like Cornwallum becomes Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beppenberg is ba- Bamberg, and and London is London. Uh, like Winchester is Winchester, and Stuff like that. Yeah, geography, no good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess just, and I'm gonna put the caveat out there. I'm I'm also not a historian, but basically, what's what's happening around this time is what I, I think is called like the Danish occupied the Danish invasion. I don't know. A bunch of Danes are coming across the the water, and they're sort of taking over the the kingdoms of of. It's not England yet. It's like proto-England. I think it's called the Heptarchy usually in history because there's like seven Saxon kingdoms. And they are uh, Northumbria, which is where Uhtred comes from, uh, Mercia, East Anglia, Kent, Sussex, Wessex, and Essex, which basically are like the I'm West Saxons or so Wessex. I'm right now that you remember all of that. Well, I don't know. I, I like it. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, the, the Vikings are coming over. The, the Danish Vikings... Are coming over, and I guess maybe as as an aside, it it's mostly inaccurate. You know, call all Danes Vikings because Viking was more like a profession than a a culture. So like people would go Viking, and they would basically go raiding. Like the the Viking, they're Danes that we're talking about, um, or what would eventually become Danes. I think they they call themselves Danes though. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so they're there. They're coming over, and they're really looking to colonize England. Basically, like they're setting up shop, they're taking over, they're staying permanently. They're not just raiding and then run, running back. They're looking at, um, you know, kind of carving out a, a plot of land. And if you look at maps, uh, and I, you know, I kind of went down a, a Wikipedia hole when I was looking at some of this stuff, and like, you know, you've got this map, and there's this whole chunk of what eventually becomes England that's called Dane Law, where mm-hmm. you know the Danes control it. Um, and the the premise of this book is. At this point, out of all the, the Saxon kingdoms that will or would eventually become England, there's kind of only one left, and that's um, Wessex, which is the West Saxons. Um, that's where Alfred is, and that's like the last Saxon kingdom that is you know, fighting against this Danish incursion, and they've already taken Mercia, East Anglia, Northumbria. They've already taken the other Saxon kingdoms. Um, the main character, Uhtred, uh, he is kind of a landed noble. His father is a Saxon elderman. Um, uh, he was, his father was slain in a battle, and then Uhtred was captured and eventually kind of adopted by this um, Danish Viking, Ragnar, uh, who I, I think liked his spunk or something yeah. like that, and he was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you as my son. He starts out as like basically a slave, and then he's like, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to adopt you into my family because I like you. And so then Uhtred goes up, uh, grows up kind of as a Dane, even though by blood he's Saxon. Um, and uh, eventually, uh, did you did you get to the point where Ragnar dies? No. Oh well, eventually 
I, well, I, he's a warrior, and I mean, he's got to be what, like twenty something at that point. So he's going to be. No, no, Ragnar's like. He's probably in his thirties or maybe even forties. Um, he doesn't die in battle. Oh. He's actually murdered by oh. another Dane. Oh. Um, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, there's there's this guy. I guess, I, this this might actually turn into a lot a long podcast. If uh, do you want me to kind of explain <laughs> what 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 goes into uh, to to Ragnar's downfall? No. Okay. I want to be surprised. Okay, are you actually going to finish the book? Yeah, I'm going to finish oh, it. Oh, okay. My goal no, I'm surprised. For the year, oh, shut <laughs> my goal for the year was to read 40 books. This is my 40th book. I've got <laughs> 26 days I, I think to finish. You, I think you can do it. Yeah. All right, so anyway, yeah. Ragnar dies under unfortunate circumstances, and basically Uhtred and Brita, who is this other Saxon girl about his same age that was also captured in a different Viking raid and sort of also you know, lived in the household of, of Ragnar, um, so Uhtred and Brita grow up together, and actually, I think at, at one point they have like a stillborn child. Yes, when early they're, on, because I read that part. They're like 13 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, Uhtred and Brita are basically left alone. So all of their their Danish family is dead, and obviously they are not really in a position to um, seek succor from other Danes. They're barely English anymore, so they're kind of like between these two worlds. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, you know, Uhtred kind of finds himself more drawn to the the Saxon side. I, I said English; I should have said Saxon. And uh, Brita kind of finds herself more um, identifying as as the Danish side. Mm -hmm. And so that, there's a little a bit of a strife in there as well. Um, but that's kind of where the main personal conflict for for Uhtred comes in. Is like know the land of my upbringing or the land of my birth you know kind of a thing my adoptive father that I liked or my biological father that I hated kind of a thing I mean even in my 180 pages he always talked about how he wanted his home it was his by right and he wanted yeah it. I mean talk about entitlement like he's he's a a landed noble who inherited a castle or was supposed to so you know and he, wa he wanted it he, yeah I'm sure he did I always assumed he would go back and get it um, well, so far through 180 pages, he hasn't done that. No, not yet. No, um, but he's only 14. I, I don't know that it's revealing too much if you know that the series goes multiple books to say that by the end of this book, he doesn't have it back yet. Yeah, I figure. Um, yeah, that's the main character, Uhtred. I, I guess we can, I mean, we can talk about a little bit further down the line, like some of the, the character flaws and relatability and stuff, but... Mm. I liked him, so I, I can talk more about what I okay. like when, when we get down. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about some side characters? Oh my gosh, there were so many, and I can't say any of their names. Um, you want me to talk about my side characters? I, I can tell you who my favorite was, um, okay. the blacksmith. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Aildwolf? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked, I liked him. I liked that he was uh, really old, but he could walk really fast, and he was like in his 40s. Yeah. Well, he was also... Uh, he was also like a, a a pagan. Yes. And like from the old Saxon, it's actually it's, it's interesting because like the the old Saxon religion and the Danish religion are kind of the same. So like they both recognize Thor and Odin and stuff like that. And it's only recently that uh, Christianity has come in, and the Christian Saxon Saxons have kind of you know pushed out the the old Saxon pagan beliefs. But then the Danes come in and they have like the same religion almost identical that the Saxons did. And it's, it's actually, it's interesting if, um, again, if you look at like a, a historical map and you see where the Saxons came from, it's, it's, it's almost Denmark. 
Mm-hmm. It's like northern, northwestern Germany, and they're like right next to. There's like Saxons, Angles, Jutes, Danes. They're all like right there yeah. next to each other. So like, the the Saxons and the Danes aren't even really. They're they're more like distant cousins. They're they're not even that different. You know. Of a, of a population and certainly not religiously like they're they're very very close religiously yeah and i mean talking about being like close by i mean everyone thought utrecht was ragnar's son so well, yeah i mean he grows up he grows his hair out he he looks like a dane i guess he he learns to fight like a dane so i mean every he speaks yeah. the, the language so mm-hmm. i so uh, back to the blacksmith I, I guess i liked him too he just seemed very smart so he was talking about this land and how the Danes couldn't stay here because there's no security under Danish rule. Um, how Utrecht has to take back his land um, because there's no one fighting for those people. It's whatever the Danes want, the Danes get. Mm-hmm. I just I liked him. Yeah, he was he was cool. But that was that was your only side character. No, I, I had like I said I had six. Um, Ragnar we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he seemed like a good time. Like it's funny. Like all of the all of the Christians are so serious. And well, yeah, I think the especially from Utrid's perspective, um, at, at least early on, he definitely has this this view that the the Christians are stodgy and boring and uptight, and that the Danes like to have a good time and yeah. you know fight and drink and and just you know have have fun. There's even a conversation about like. In air quotes, like heaven, and um, the Christians are explaining their heaven, and the Danes are like, "This sounds terrible." Yeah, this sounds boring. <laughs> I don't want this heaven. <laughs> Where, where's the mead hall? Yeah, you know? I want to get baptized. Um, and you can see why a young boy would be so entranced by mm-hmm. that lifestyle. Um, I, I just, and I liked how generous Ragnar was, and uh, yeah, to his allies and to his. His underlings. I mean, I, I think they they talk about how, like the the way that the the Danish. Um, I mean, he's an, he's called an earl. Yeah. So uh, and like he's a ship captain. So like the way that he retains loyalty is basically by dis- distributing loot to his men. Yeah. So they go on raids and he gives out armbands and he like you know shares the wealth and then by doing that he ensures that his men are loyal and they want to go on another raid with him again. It seems very honest. That life. If that makes sense, like you do your work, I pay you, have a good time, <laughs> eat, drink, no red tape. Yeah, they seem like they, I don't know, they, they, they have fun with their pillaging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fun from from their perspective, not from the perspective of like a monastery that they've raided and slaughtered the monks and True. raped yeah. the nuns. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had another thought. I just walked. Um, by the rape. Um, sorry, yeah, it's all good. Another side character that I had was Raven. Yes, I wrote him down too. Ragnar's father. Um, he's like genuinely old, which I, I think is like even more rare. So he's he might be like in his sixties or something. Like yeah. he's like old and blind, and he's a former warrior, but he's now become like a, a scald. Um, he's valued for his um, his advice. Um, he advises Uhtred, and Uhtred and Brita serve as his eyes. So mm-hmm. he takes them around and he says, you know, tell me what you see, and then he explains. Oh, that means that. You know, Ivor the Boneless has come, or that this banner means this, or oh, we're preparing to go east, and they're they're prepping the ships. So he explains when Uhtred describes the visuals what they what they entail. Um, one thing that I wrote down that I actually thought was just like a a neat thing is the um, Uhtred uh, is listening to to Raven talk at one point, 
and he describes a poem, and it's it's Beowulf that he's, he's yes. talking about. Yes. So I, thought, I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. I, I, did, I did catch that. A little reference. It's also a nice literary device to have somebody else explaining something when everything's first person. Well, that's, yeah, one of the things later on when we talk about tropes as far as like an insider. Yeah. I thought that both Ragnar and Raven served as, as Uhtred's insiders to the, the Danish world, um, and they did that rather well because they were like, I'm giving out this armband for your service because you did the following, and then Raven's like, what do you see? Well, that means the following. And yeah. it, it, it worked because it's like, oh, this is old blind guy, and he's going to tell us, so it, it didn't seem as contrived as it might have, mm-hmm. I thought, so that was, that was good. I, I had Bri- Brida? Is that how you're saying it? Brida, I Brida. was calling her Brida. Brida? Like Brida. Um, I had her as a side character, and I, I wish there had been more. I agree. Um, actually, that was one, I, one of the things that I, I'll talk about later that I didn't like in the book, is I thought that there could have been, because I mean, like, they, they hint at some really interesting, like, she's like a woods witch, and she's doing all these weird ceremonies, and like, she's got this almost familiar style dog that always follows her around, like, Nintenga, or I don't remember, like, Night Goblin was the name. Yeah. The dog named Night Goblin, which is cool. And the reason Ragnar decided to keep her was because <coughs> when they went to the village, they were collecting the women, and Brita's aunt was like, she's young, take her. So Brita like, just beat her up. Yeah. And Ragnar's like, you got spirit. It was basically the same reason he liked Utrecht. He's like, oh, this one's a fighter. I'll take it. I'll Come make with it. me. <laughs> you're part of my family now. And, <laughs> and you're lucky, so no one will hurt you because I consider you good luck. So. Yeah. Well, that's actually true. Yeah, they, they would like bring her to battles and like not on the front line of the shield wall, but they considered it a good luck charm, so yeah. they'd have her like in like a couple yards behind the line of men fighting. It's it's interesting though, because like when I see her in my head, like you could see her as being really brave or kind of crazy. And she came off as kind of crazy. It could be both. A lot of cackling in my head. Yeah. Probably a bit deranged. Yeah. She's a little she had some issues. Yes. Uh the priest, I'll let you pronounce his name. Bayaka. Yeah, that works. Um, was I guess he was probably in like, the entire book, right? Uh, he he pops up again um, eventually when when Uhtred hooks up with Alfred. Bayaka is in in Wessex with Alfred, um, so he yeah he he comes back as as a, a manner of explanation. Unless you want nope, to explain, it. Uh, Bayaka was actually from uh, Uhtred's childhood. He was like his tutor, so he lived in Bebenberg under Uhtred's father, also Uhtred, I think who was also the son of Uhtred. There's, there's a long line of Uhtreds. Actually, small digression. Interestingly, Uhtred's name is started out, I think, as Ospert. Yes. But his older brother, Uhtred, died, and then he was rechristened Uhtred because there must always be an Uhtred <laughs> yeah, to inherit. Yeah, um, So anyway, yeah, Bayaka, the, the priest, was um, sort of Uhtred's tutor as, as a young child, tried to teach him, you know, reading, writing. That boring Re- stuff. Yeah, limited success. Um, and also religion, obviously, because he was a, a priest. Um, uh, I, I guess at some point when Uhtred's father dies, his uncle takes over, and Bayaka flees south to seek refuge in Wessex with Alfred. And then later on, when Uhtred en- ends up in Wessex, um, he encounters Bayaka again mm-hmm. uh, when he's a, a little bit older. Okay. Um, I all, I mean, is that what you have for side characters? Cause yeah, pretty much. I've I've got a few that I don't think you, you, yeah, you got to yeah, yet. You can so mention, mention the ones that are important that I don't know. Do you want me to spoil? Or you, you, can, you can spoil. I mean, it's fine. Well, I, a couple of them that I wrote down, I, I wrote them 
mainly because they're like actual historical figures, oh. which I thought was was kind of cool. Yeah. So obviously Alfred, Alfred the Great, he's a real. Uh, he's not. I mean, he's he's often regarded as like the first king of England, but from what I understand, he never actually called himself that. He probably would have referred to himself as a king of the Saxons, mm-hmm. but he does unite all of the English Saxons, and shortly after him, they start calling themselves English. I think really interesting because as far as I've gotten with him he's so he doesn't seem like he could unite anyone yeah well he's definitely he's got a lot of physical ailments I think he's got like Crohn's disease is what they suspect historically well he's older than Uhtred he's 18 19 I think I think when Uhtred's like 10 and he sees Alfred Alfred's maybe 20 or maybe 18 19 yeah he's 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 about a decade older than Uhtred he wasn't meant to be king that's not uh, or that, that that's true he's the the younger brother of I think Ethelwolf was his his king who was eventually killed in battle and then the son of Ethelwolf who would have been next in line on the throne was really young and I think by all accounts kind of incompetent so Alfred had him sh- shipped off to a monastery. Well, Alfred lied and said the Pope yeah. decreed he would be king. <clears throat> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's easy enough in that day and age. There's you know he he said it. It's true. Can't check the Twitter feeds. Nope. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Alfred uh, basically is kind of the last Saxon monarch, and he he kind of falls backwards into it because it was his brother, and his brother fell in a battle, and then Alfred sort of usurps his nephew's rightful spot. But I think probably most people agree to to the benefit of of the the cause because his his nephew was probably not going to do much, um, and Alfred actually proves to be pretty uh, cunning. Mm-hmm. Um, he's certainly not an imposing physical specimen. And he is sickly. He's sharp, right? He's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's got guile. Okay. So that's kind of what he has going for him. And, you know, he actually eventually ends up, historically speaking, like kind of uniting England and what will eventually become England. So he's, I think, usually considered the first king of England, even though, as I said, I, I don't think he actually called himself that in his lifetime. Okay. But, so yeah, that's that's Alfred. And he's a real historical figure. Uh, Uhtred is not. Um um, a lot of the, uh, like every place name is historical. Um, another real historical figure is uh, someone who's introduced pretty late in the book, Elderman Ada, who works under Alfred and wins a famous battle at Kinwit um, or Kinuit or something uh, along those lines where there's like a, a resounding defeat of the Danish forces. Um, and... In, in the book, Uhtred is part of that battle. Uhtred is obviously not a real historical character, but in, in real history, there's this this guy, Elderman Otto, who defeats the, the Danes at Kinuit. Um, so I had him down as, as a side character. Um, there's another character that you haven't met yet right. named uh, Leofric, um, who, I, I mean, I don't want to ruin too much, but eventually Alfred goes... He, he hooks up with, uh, sorry, Uhtred goes, hooks up with Alfred, and at some point he finds himself kind of on a, on a ship as mm-hmm. part of, like, Alfred's navy that he's, it's like a brand new thing. He's like, we have to try and fight the Danes at sea before they get to our shores, so they build a couple boats, and there's this Saxon, you know, grizzled veteran warrior, Leofric, who sort of takes Uhtred under his wing and helps him... Sort of serves as an as like you know the insider trope for the the Saxon side of things. And it's like mm-hmm. okay, well here's how the Saxons do it because up till then he's been okay. Here's how the Danes do it. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of see that mm-hmm. other, other other side, and they they become pretty pretty tight. 
um, like Battle Brothers kind of a thing, and they fight in shield walls together. Um, and then I had as a, another side character Mildreth, who is um, Uhtred's wa- sorry Uhtred's wife. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a of a backstory there, as I mentioned earlier. Um, basically, Alfred says, "I want you to marry this this girl. You know, uh, you're doing me a solid if you do, and I want you to have you know promise me like a year of service or something like that." And what Alfred's trying to do is tie Uhtred to Wessex because in his grand scheme to reunite the Saxon kingdoms, he wants basically the influence that Uhtred will bring when he tries to reunite Northumbria, where Uhtred has come from. So mm-hmm. he wants him, you know, to have strong ties there. So he sets up this this marriage with this ancient 16-year-old who is Uhtred's like, well, why the hell isn't she married? You know, what's wrong with her? Um, turns out there's nothing wrong with her physically, but um, she does come with a massive debt. So, like, her father owed a lot of money to the church, so nobody wants to marry her because if they do, then they'll assume the debt. Oh. Uhtred doesn't know that, marries her, and then Alfred's like, ha, I got you. Now you're massively in debt to the church, which is also the state. So he kind of has that leverage over him. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of, uh, he gets tricked into marrying this this um, character, Mildreth. And uh, eventually, turns out he likes her, luckily for him. Um, they have they have a son, Uhtred. <laughs> the younger. <laughs> <laughs> Uhtred, the youngest, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that's what I had for side characters. Um, it is so much. This is why it took me forever. Like, uh, because they would name someone, I'm like, wait, who were you? And I'm trying to flip back and find who this person was. Yeah. I don't retain that stuff. I actually almost almost put down his swords as side characters because he names his sword. Serpent Breath. Serpent Breath and then Wasp Sting. He, he has another one made, which is like a, a knife, like a trench knife kind of thing called a sax. That's so much like um, the book that was mentioned in X-Files. It wasn't Stormbringer, was it? What was it was uh, Stormbringer, I think, yeah. Yeah, everyone names their swords. It's, uh, it's a proud tradition, um, I guess, grounded probably in reality. But yeah, so he, the uh, El- Eldwolf, the, the blacksmith, actually makes it for him. Um, at the time he makes it, the sword's like too big for him, but he grows into it. And it, it's like Indiana Jones and his hat. Like he'll always go back for that hat. Like yeah. he'll always go back for that sword. And a couple of times he almost gets, you know, in a bad way because he's like, well, I can't abandon my sword kind of a thing. Um, so I almost, I was like, yeah, and they're not really characters, but. He kind of talks about them as though, like, oh, I've got Serpent's Sting or Serpent's Breath with me, so I'll, I'll be okay. That's great. Kind of a thing. Um, so that, yeah, that was that was me for for side characters. Um, do you want to go into interesting parts of yeah. the book? Uh, so if we look at like characters and Utrid, so even though I didn't finish and it's not an easy read for me, I don't dislike the book and. I find a lot of the stuff that Utrid is dealing with um, internally to be interesting, especially with the um, like the religious aspect of the book. I thought I I find religion very fascinating and what people choose to believe and how Utrid was raised to be Christian, but he really liked Odin and but then he's like, oh my gosh, is my Christian God watching me right now? Is he judging me? What if I was wrong? Like, and I think that's. <laughs> That that's that's human nature, you know. Yeah. Am I doing the wrong thing? Will I be punished forever? Because obviously he believes in some sort of afterlife. Yeah, yeah. He, he believes. I think he wants to believe at least in like the the feast hall of Valhalla, and like that's where he talks about Ragnar eventually going and stuff. Uh, but it's, it's interesting because even even some of the the Christian priest characters, 
they they do similar things. So there's there's one instance I wrote this down. And you wouldn't have gotten here in the book yet, mm-hmm. but basically they're on a boat. Um, it the Alfred builds all these boats and he gives them very Christian names like Archangel and stuff like that. Or mm-hmm. I think it's the Hayakengel, which it translates to Archangel. But there's this priest, Father Willibald, who actually you might have seen because he's like a recurring character that comes back later. Okay. Um, I, there were a couple of priests eating dinner when I stopped. Okay, <laughs> maybe you're going to meet him soon. But anyway, there's this like nasty storm and they're on a boat and this priest, Father Willibald, asks Uhtred, like, who's the, the Viking god of the sea? And Uhtred's like, I forget, like Njorn or something like that. And he's like, all right, you pray to him. I'll pray to the Christian <laughs> god just to cover our bases. Yeah. And, and so I was like, all right, even, even the priest is like, all right, let's just, you know, Make sure whoever's out there, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna address them properly. And the religious, the religion was like so literal. Like I'm not used to things being taken so literally. So you you know everyone's names. The the royal guy that gets shot by all the arrows. Cause, oh, I think that's Edward. Because he's like, oh yeah, there, there was a miracle and Edmund or Edward. Yeah. yeah, he was shot by arrows, and Ragnar's like, well, let's shoot you with arrows. <laughs> See if your God will protect you. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> so the the religious like aspect it was neat. And like the whole idea of destiny. That was mentioned quite a bit. Uh, yeah, almost at the end of every chapter, Utra talks about his destiny and the the spinners and the fates and like what they have in store for him and he's definitely big on destiny. Yeah. And I, I I like that. Um and I, I guess the, because I'm not really a historical fiction person, I do like fantasy, so <laughs> I, I wish they had delved more. Maybe they will. They but they delve more into that. Yeah, I mean they they kind of talk a little bit about like the the mythical mythical superstitious side, especially with like some of the stuff that Breed is doing and like I, I mean I think that to to the, the characters, witchcraft is a very real thing. Yeah. Um you know, they, they, they believe that magic and, you know, the gods do this and they do that and that kind of stuff. So it it's I guess at one point it doesn't really matter if it's real or not because everyone believes it's real. Yeah. So even in that, it's sort of real because it it has it has an impact on an everyday life. So you know that that's real. It's, it's impacting life even though it's not technically real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that I also I kind of liked the uh, I don't know I like North mythology anyway, mm-hmm. and it, it is, I keep going back to it's it's so it's so. It's weird to me from like the historical perspective, or not weird, but cool that you know the the Saxons are they're they're almost Danes um, culturally mm-hmm. and religiously. It's like there's there's not really all that much difference. And like the, right now in the in this book in like the the ninth century, the the Saxons are in what will become England, and they're they're fighting off this you know Danish invasion, and the Danes are trying to colonize. But I think like four or five centuries before. The Saxons were the ones invading England, and they were colonizing the Britons. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is exactly what you did f- 500 years ago, your ancestors, and now you're talking about like, oh, this is my land. Yeah. yeah. Well, you took it 500 years ago from the people who were there before, and now someone's trying to come take it from you, and you're like, well, I gotta defend my land. It's just an interesting cyclical, like, because you know the Saxons they start as a mainland Germanic peoples, and then they they go over to the island and they take it from the Britons. And then the Danes come and they take it from the Saxons yeah. like 500 years later. So it's just historically cyclical and, it and neat. doesn't end there. It just keeps going. <clears throat> um, I like the references to the Romans. I also actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like these mythical, godlike 
figures who knew how to build with Same masonry houses. and yeah they they could pave roads and they built stone walls and like no one knows how to do that anymore and it was i think raven was it raven who told you tread like, the romans used to have many gods and they flourished and then they became christian and no they're not here anymore i think it might have been yeah it's just <laughs> like something raven would say they, they decided to, to adopt christianity and then they died <laughs> <laughs> bummer yeah um uh just i guess going on what i've what i've written down the, the book that you've accused me of writing okay, um good. for for interesting parts and, and characters um one of the I was I was particularly interested in in the characters that have like his, historicity, so real people. Mm-hmm. So the three leaders of the invading Danish army, Ivor the Boneless, Halfdan, and Uba, mm-hmm. were all real oh. historical figures. Um, they all claimed to be descendants of like a a Danish, like um, an epic poet uh, or an epic poem hero, Ragnar Lothbrok, okay. who. In a weird diversion that I'll make is like if you ever see the History Channel show Vikings, I know of it. The main character is Ragnar Lothbrok. Okay. Um, I think that his historicity is debatable. Some people, and, and I was I was actually curious, so I looked it up, and there's this one um, uh, historian, Hilda Davidson, who thinks that some parts of the Ragnar story are based on historical fact. Um, there's another one, Catherine Holman, who basically says there's no evidence that Ragnar Lothbrok ever lived and is likely an amalgam of several historical figures plus literary invention. But anyway, he's like this this hero of saga, so sort of like a Beowulf character in, mm-hmm. in Danish lore. And Ivar, Haftan, and Oba claim to be his sons, whether or not they are or whether or not you know he's a real character is, is debatable. But I thought that was kind of an interesting um, thing. And I didn't actually even realize that the History Channel show Vikings, which I, I ha- I've watched a few episodes of it in the last couple of days because I was curious once I discovered this. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was even based remotely on like real um, like legends and, and lore. I thought it was just kind of like a fabrication. Oh. I, I really didn't know anything about the show because I hadn't, didn't have much interest in it. Um, I kind of do now. Um, but uh, I, I think I saw like a, a some, something on YouTube was like, you know, Vikings season five. I was like, yeah, I don't care. But then it mentioned... <laughs> One of the characters was like, wait a minute, that's like a real guy. Is this actually based in reality? And it turns out, I guess, maybe it is. So then I was like, oh, well, now I'm more interested. Um, so that was, that was a kind of a long aside. That's all good. I don't know where. Oh, um, <laughs> the reason I was talking about that is because I, I, I was particularly interested in, you know, the historical characters that were woven into the book. And Ubba was one of them. So he was you know, this, this really great warrior, but he was really superstitious. Um, he would never really act without consulting the runes. Yes. So he had like his personal um, priest, his sorcerer, who would cast the runes, and it was like, do we attack today? The runes say no, so we wait, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, so I, I don't know. His superstitious nature eventually leads to Ubba's downfall, mm-hmm. but that comes later, the, the Battle of Kinuit, which is a real battle as well. Um, but I thought that that was, that was an interesting character. I When you mentioned the runes, I... I was going to talk about that earlier in regards to Raven. Mm-hmm. When you said, like, hey, teach me how to do that. Yeah. And Raven's trying to, like, imply, like, it's not really real, you know. Uh. <laughs> but he doesn't say it. Yeah. And you're just like, well, why just can't you teach me now? And he's like, when you're older. Yeah. When you're older. Yeah. And his sorcerer was a cautious man. Aren't. Yeah, um, well, I think yeah, the the sorcerer character really kind of just knew how to play Ubba's moods and knew how to stay in his good favor. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, he was 
until he didn't, he had great success in combat. So I guess yeah. you know maybe yeah. there's something to that. Um, another another character, and we already kind of talked about Ragnar, um, but I, I it was interesting because Uther definitely considered him more of a father than his actual father. Yes, like he just objectively didn't did not like his real dad, and he really liked Ragnar like a lot. And it, it, I mean, from the get go, you knew that Uthred <coughs> never really felt like a bond to his father. Well, he was a second son to begin with, and it, I think he had the impression, probably accurately, that his father was disappointed that his first Uhtred had died and this was like a replacement Uhtred, so he was never really going to be all that on But the blacksmith also said that Uhtred's dad really loved Uhtred's mother, yeah. who died. Yeah. So, I mean, there could have been a little bit of that. Maybe I'm being too much of a romantic. But there's, uh, there's a little bit of a Jon Snow thing going on there, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I just thought that was a kind of an interesting dynamic. Like, he definitely considered his adoptive father to be way more worthy of esteem than his biologic one and I mean granted he kind of knew Ragnar more in his formative years maybe as a as a teenager than he he did his uh, biological dad who mm-hmm. I mean I got the impression that at Bebenberg he probably saw more of Bayaka than he saw of his father like yeah. his tutor like I don't think his dad had much to do with him yeah. um, but then just talking about about Ragnar I mean he was definitely prone to strong emotion and eventually, I don't, you didn't get there that far, but it kind of his anger slash pride slash refusal to forgive a slight is eventually what does him in okay. uh, for Ragnar. Okay. Um, he gets into a, a kind of a squabble with another Dane, Kjartan, and... That's ben, ben? Oh, so you saw... Well, I was there for the eye stabbing. Okay, that comes back to bite him. I figured, they, yeah. they didn't seem very happy. No, yeah, so uh, I guess... To, to kind of explain that scenario, unless you want to, I've been, I feel like I've been talking. Oh, so there's another person whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> Kjartan? Uh, well, all right, Ragnar has three kids. His older son is off fighting. Ragnar the younger. Yes, that's an easy one. The middle son, who's sickly, but BFFs with Utrid. I think Rorik. And then there's a daughter. What is her yeah, name? Yeah, no one knows her name, but she's there. <laughs> and um, every day, Utrid. And the second son and the daughter go out and play. And there's this other boy who's a bit of a bully. Mm-hmm. And he takes the sister and, like, strips her from the waist down. And I think he strips himself down. And Utrid like, attacks him and pretty much saves the younger sister from being spoiled. Um, and Ragnar was well, very grateful to Utrid, but goes to, was it, I want to say Sven, but maybe I'm thinking of Sven was the child. Okay, cool. That's what I'm thinking of then. Kjartan was Sven's father. So he goes to them and, you know, he wants punishment. And he, oh, and because he only saw half of the daughter naked, he takes only one one eye. eye. He's like, you saw my daughter naked. And he's like, only half. He's like, well, then I'll only take one eye. And so, yeah, he he administers that punishment. He lunges something. Yeah, (laughs) Kjartan is is like Ragnar's. He might be like his his quartermaster or something. He's like a a high person, but under Ragnar in Ragnar's you know domain of of rulership. Yeah. Um, so there's the Earl Ragnar. He he commands men, and this this guy Kjartan's son you know offended his daughter and thereby offended him, and so he, he punishes him. Years later, that kind of comes back, and and there's there's a, a couple points at which you know Ragnar basically is like, no, I'm not gonna forgive that slight. You're you're still yeah. Son and Angrata. Yes, yes, he should. He should not forgive that slight. Right. But well, eventually, Kjartan and Sven come back and kill Ragnar. Uh, Sorry. Hopefully, someone 
them later. You'll have to read on to find out. Okay. Um, I don't like bullies. And then uh, another another character that I wrote, and I guess we'll, we'll we've talked already about, and we'll probably come back to is Brita. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was interesting because I, in 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 some ways I thought she was kind of a subversion sub of of what you would normally expect because when her and Richard were together, often she was like the more savage yes. of the pair, the more the more bloodthirsty and. I mean, that, fair enough, but it, it, I just thought it was interesting because that's not typically the way you'd expect the male-female relationship to go. Is Correct. She was definitely, like, she was a, a killer. That's what I would like, a bit of, like, more of her backstory. Like, she just seemed like there was some emotional damage yeah. done. Well, I mean, they kind of talk about that, well, like, with her aunt, and she had a pretty the, the, and the priest crappy upbringing. Yeah, uh, some religious man sexually assaulting her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Not much has changed in the last twelve hundred years, <laughs> unfortunately. The Harvey Weinstein of the of the era. Yeah. Um, the entire book is a setting. Is there anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I talked about some specific places. Um, a lot take place in uh, in what will become known as Winchester. It's like I don't know if it's Winton Chester, Winton Keister. I'm not sure exactly how you'd pronounce the old English. Um, London is a setting that I don't think you've gotten to yet. I, well, they, they, the bridge was broken, so okay. I did. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> a couple a couple of different scenes that take place in London. There's uh, Kinnewit, which you have definitely not got to yet, but that's like a, a historic famous battle where the Saxons defeat the Danes and Abba is killed in that battle. Okay. In the book, um, Uhtred actually kills him, but Uhtred's not a real person, so it probably didn't happen in real life. Okay. Um, I also put Ragnar's like, hall in Northumbria because okay. that's like kind of like where... Uh, where Uhtred grows up, like the the farmstead. He's got like this feast hall. Yeah. Um, eventually, is where Ragnar dies. Um, so that was also kind of a kind of a setting. But yeah, I mean, as you, the whole the whole book is like a, a historical setting that I enjoyed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I told Ryan yesterday <laughs> that every time I saw Mercy, I thought Merca. That was like the only <laughs> like the only name I could pronounce. <laughs> uh, Mercia being one of the the Saxon kingdoms that the the Danes have conquered. Um, and as far as like action scenes, yeah. you probably didn't get to many, maybe some battles. I thought like the concept of the shield wall was interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I've read historical fiction um, before, but usually it's like World War II historical okay. fiction. Okay, so not that long ago. Yes, we're not like talking like sword fights here. Um, I, I, I thought like the author did a good job explaining what they were doing to someone who has no idea <laughs> what they're doing. What are the, yeah, it's one thing to say they form a shield wall, and then I guess it's it's another thing to explain what does that actually entail. Yeah, and I, I like, again, Brita, sorry, Brita, Brita, underneath, like, stabbing people. Yeah, just crawling around. Up. Yeah, trying to break up, break through the shield. Uh, stabbing ankles and, and, yeah. and toes. Um, yeah, I, I, for action scenes, I, I put... Okay, there were a couple battles, like Kinnewit, Asks Hill. You probably didn't get to those. Mm -mm. Um, there's a, a dramatic storm at sea when they're on board the Hayakengel, um, where Leofric and um, Father Willibald and, and Uhtred are like, on this boat. And there's a bunch of Danish ships out, and, and they're out there. But it, they, they talk about at one point where they're like, the sea has become the enemy, not, not the Danes or, or the Saxons. So... They're not even fighting each other anymore. They're just trying to stay alive in this crazy storm. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, so that was that was an action scene as well. And then I also put a, the scene where where Ragnar dies, but I I, I won't say more about that because okay. you don't want me to spoil I it. So th that's also that. kind of an action scene. Okay. I I had something and I should have wrote down. I lost it. Hmm. I'll come back. Anything else you want to add? Um, I, I don't know. Not as far as, I mean, I, I've already kind of said a lot. Um, I, I already mentioned that I, I, I like that the, a number of the characters are, you know, historically, they, they were real people mm -hmm. that, you know, Ivor the Boneless really led a Danish army to invade the Saxons, and he had actually two brothers, Halfdan and Ubba, and they really do, did claim to be the sons of Ragnar Lothbrok, who is this, you know, saga character who may or may not have been a real thing. Um, so I remember what I was going to say. It was a question for you. Oh. Did it get more graphic as he got older? Like, I felt like a lot of stuff was... Not that it was skimmed over. But there, there was, like, a lot of detail about, like, building a boat. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but then like, one sentence about um, Brita, like, having a stillborn baby. Like, if I had been skimming, I totally would have missed that yeah, entire that, that even happened because it was like one sentence. So I was curious as, as he got older, things became more graphic. I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I can, I think I can picture some some somewhat graphic. So probably. Okay. And I don't know if that's maybe that was a conscious decision on the part of the author. I, I don't actually know. I was just wondering, does anyone want to read about a 13 year old <laughs> making a stillborn baby as <laughs> opposed to like a 20 something year old? So that yeah, yeah, no. I mean, by the end, he's he's fully uh, an adult, and okay. he definitely yeah. There's there's some more some more graphic stuff it's that more happens. Adult. It does, it does as the as the book progresses. I I was very curious when I was reading that <laughs> how this would go because um it's such a graphic time, right? Yeah, and everyone's killing each other. Um, they're taking like women slaves. You know. You that's what they're doing with them. Yeah, and you, you know why they're doing that. Why? Yeah, and they, they were he, the author kind of glossed over like those gritty details, which I thought was interesting. In a good way, bad way? Um, So I read historical fiction. Ken Follett? Oh, Ken Follett, yeah. yeah like I, Pillars of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jackdaws, that kind of stuff. So, like, that's those were more like World War II, and like when they would torture, oh. like Jackdaws, it was um an all female. Whatever they're called, like go in to fight, and when they're squad, or yeah, when when they're captured, like I mean, he really went into how they were tortured, and it was like it was gruesome. Oh, I haven't read the the Ken Follett I've read has been much older, like uh, Pillars of the Earth is that was very good building a cathedral, yes. but that's not World War Two. No, that was so. also he was also kind of graphic there too. So he, um, I don't know. I feel like there were, he gave more details. Like this is not a thick book for as much that happens, like. I feel like some things it's like, oh my gosh, stop with the boat already! I don't care about the boat. <laughs> like, give me other details. I don't. I don't. I then you skimmed and you would miss something. Yeah. That was kind of important. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I generally enjoyed it. Um, yeah. but this might be more. I mean, uh, this is kind of stuff that I, I might probably read anyway. Yeah. It's That's <laughs> I, fine. I like historical yeah. fiction. Own it. Um. So, do you want to talk about what you did like? Yes. If if you can find something. I, I do have something. Just one thing. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this book, right? Because Utrid is an old man. Yeah. And he would he would tell like what's happening 
And then after the scene was done, he would be like, and I later found out, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it reminded me so much of Captain Underpants. Oh. Did you ever read Captain Underpants? I've never read Captain you Underpants. You were missing out because Captain Underpants is incredible. It's so smart. It's like all this smartness hidden in all this potty humor. Um, but whenever they would start out a new book, um, the author would say, like, before I tell you this story, I first have to tell you this story. <laughs> and that's all I could think about because, I mean, every chapter is like, and then I found out this later on. Like, it never just, like, unfolded. It was like, here, let me give you everything that I now know. I just, I, I, it made me chuckle because yeah. it did remind me of Captain Underpants. But I, I did not get the Underpants vibe when I was reading this book. But in a lot of ways, like, you got, like, instant gratification um, during one of the battles was like, hey, this might be like my uncle that I've never met, and now he's dead. And I did find out later on down <laughs> the years that this was in fact my uncle. Like, Turns out, yep, that was my uncle I killed. <laughs> yeah, like you never, <laughs> like you didn't have to wait to find out. Like yeah. you'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, that was this is what happened, and it happened quite a bit. Yeah, you'd have little asides and be like, which I would discover was this, or like as you said. So yeah, th that was that was your thing. That was it. I, I, I'd like. I like the book. I won't give it past tense. I'm still reading it. I do like it. But if you are not a historic fiction reader, and it, it, I struggle. Like, I struggle with names. I struggle with places. And my brain wants to slow down because I want to figure out what I'm reading. And I, like, I can't. It takes me longer to make sense of it. Yeah. I just, it's a, and it will, it will get done. Um, but it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> well, for, for me... I, I one of the main things that I like in any historical fiction is like the the historicity of the meta plot. So it's like this stuff it happened. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, not every character was there, and we don't know what the conversations were. But I, I kind of enjoy the imagining of you know maybe it was like this. Um, but that's just historical fiction generally. And, and works like this makes history so much more interesting. Like for me, growing up, like history was always so boring because it was like memorizing dates yeah. and it's just it's so it's glossed over and it's cleaned up and it's not real and history is messy and dirty and we just sort of we skim it and I'd rather learn this way but just know it's going to take me a couple of months to yeah. <laughs> get through the book um, yeah I mean that's, that's fair enough uh, one of the other things that I liked that I, I don't know if you didn't like or you just you thought it set a, set a bad tone was like the the place name guide in the beginning. <laughs> I really liked it. That was an entire conversation in my house. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Because <laughs> yeah, in the beginning of the book, and I think I think you said this at the start of the podcast. There's a whole list of place names and like their their modern equivalents. So like he uses the old spelling of London for London, or but it talks about how there are many many ways to. It. And this is the one he decided to use, and doubtless some readers will prefer other versions. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I liked it for the same reason that he didn't refer to England as England, because yeah. it's not England yet. And I mean, that's actually I, I've only watched a couple of episodes, but like the the history show Vikings, like they talk about raiding England. It's like, well, England doesn't exist, especially because you're you're like that. That show starts, I think, maybe like a hundred years before Alfred even exists. And Alfred puts England together, and he doesn't even call it England. They're dumbing it down for people like me. I, I don't know. Who don't. I, I understand. There, so you can no. think of like a modern map. Oh, that, that's where they are. They're on England soil or whatever. But yeah. I liked th that they didn't do that. 
And so like instead of York, it was like Yofferwick or something. So you can see the 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 lineage of, of how the old English names kind of became the, the modern names. Some of them were crazy. Like I didn't even know how to pronounce a couple of them and like you know, North Africa was like blah land. I don't know where that comes oh, from. Oh yeah. 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 Um but some of them, as I said, like Cornwall, Cornwallum, that's that's a pretty direct that's that's easy. Mm-hmm. Or like Batham was Bath. Okay. So I mean they use that weird character though, like the the theta symbol. Yes, above the O with the like <laughs> yeah. little X. I tried to write it and I couldn't do it. Yeah, that I, I actually I wasn't sure what that was, so I looked it up and I was like, Oh, it's Batham. Well, that must be Bath. But when I just read it, I was like, I have no idea what that word is. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but I, I looked it up. Um I also <laughs> I really like Saxon names. Um, like Ospert and Ethelwolf and Leofric. I, I just I like the way they sound. Mm-hmm. Um I think um Alfred is actually spelled like Elfred, so like A E L F R E D, and it means like Elf Council. Oh, so <laughs> a lot more interesting. Yeah, it's it's like oh this this king he's like oh he talks to elves. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he gets his wisdom from. Um, oh, like Oddbert and Ospert and Egbert and Leofric. I I, just, I think they're cool names, and I don't know what draws. I just like them. Um, so I, I looked up a couple. There's Ethelwolf, which was noble wolf, and Leofric meant beloved ruler. And I mean, obviously, it doesn't really matter. I just I like the way that they sound. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that names mean something. Like every <laughs> like when the brother dies, like hey, here's your name from now on. You're now yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, you used to be Osprey. Well, now you're Uhtred because Uhtred died. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be an Uhtred. Like if Ragnar the younger had died, <laughs> I don't <laughs> and the other brother had lived. I, but they wouldn't do that. I don't know if that was that if that was going to be the same or not. Um, that had to do more with like the land holding, right? Yeah, because Uhtred was like a noble and an elderman, and his father was Saxon, high noble blood, and so yeah, they have a little bit touchier about their names, I think. And you knew like immediately that uncle was never giving that hassle back. Well, not yet, not in this book. But well, no, the, but I, I think there are five books yet. But in the beginning, when the dad's like, "I'm, oh I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Doing, I'm, I'm redoing my will, and you are witnessing this," and the uncle's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm totally yeah. witnessing it." Watch like, it for my ten-year-old son. Sure, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll this. do that. I mean, it's like it's a similar situation actually to what Alfred had when his brother, like Alfred, is that uncle. Yeah. In in Be- in Bevenberg, the but Alfred's down at Wessex, so it's like the same situation where Alfred's nephew is in line to take over, and he's like, "Nope." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Why would I let this twelve-year-old? My kingdom. Yeah. Uh, how about things you did not like? <laughs> uh, can we just say the book? Or <laughs> no. Um. I. I didn't like. I couldn't pronounce anything. <laughs> There's so much. There's so much, and I couldn't keep. You know what? Instead of a list of every single place name, I would like a family tree or how everyone connects, because. At one point... I think you could just write Uhtred and then draw a straight line of four more Uhtreds. Oh, my gosh. So there's the guy that tries to assassinate Uhtred. And I'm like, where did he come from? Like, I was so confused. And he when was hired by the uncle. Yes, but I'm like, how did he get the, how did he get there? And I was trying to make my notes. I'm going through it. I'm like, oh, he he appeared and was like, hey, I need I need a new master. Like, I, I didn't remember where he... Yeah, he just shows up to Ragnar's doorstep. And he's like, hey, will you take me on as, like, a, a dude? And Ragnar's like, sure. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't remember. Like there was just so many names, and they're all sort of similar. And I, I kept losing track of. I definitely with with the Saxons. There's a lot of names that start A E L, like Aelswith, Aethelwolf, Alfred. Yeah. Like, 
Ethelred. There's there's a lot of things, which is, it's not like not even that letter. I forget what it's called, but we don't even have it in English anymore. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I like the way that the names sound. Me too. I. And it's such. I don't know. It's, it's such a hard life, and I don't know. Like I'm gonna try and look up what that letter is called. And I, and I mean, I get that it's like historically accurate, but I guess like like the race. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we just like we just take what's ours, and Utrecht's like, yeah. Then I came of age, and I got to take part in it too, and this was great. Yeah. Like as a female, that okay, that hurt. I mean, yeah, it, it, there's some some brutal, brutal reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you find the name of it? Yeah, I I didn't want to. It seemed like a, more of a, of a serious topic, so I was no, like, oh, good. by the way, it's it's called the Ace. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wa- I didn't want to sweep the rape under the rug. Um, yeah, it's called an Ace, which I guess means ash tree, but it's like the letter A E as okay. one letter. And we just don't even have that in English anymore. Yeah. Still ash. I, I mean, to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, so, I, one of the things that I put down, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, that I, I didn't like is I kind of would have liked to have seen more out of Brita. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was kind of always off to the side, but she was doing really interesting things. So I was like, well, what about that stuff? Yeah. Um, so... I mean, at one point, I don't think you've gotten there yet. She kind of really just fades out of the narrative um, once Uhtred joins Leofric aboard the ship, um, Hayakangel, mm-hmm. or Hayakangel. Um, she sort of takes a backseat, understandably, when Uhtred is wedded to Mildreth, mm-hmm. um, because obviously your weird, crazy English lover, friend, I don't know, best friend, slash uh, baby mama, whatever, can't really be in the picture at that point. Um, and then at, at one point she actually sells off with Ragnar the Younger because he comes back uh-huh. and he, he talks to them and um, ba- basically that, that's kind of where they make the decision. So Uhtred is like, I can, I can sail off and I can embrace this and I can be, be a Dane or I can stay here because I gave my word to Alfred and I promised him like a year's service and I'm wedded and I, I've got a son on the way and stuff like that. And so he's got this choice where he can basically choose Saxon or Dane, mm-hmm. and he chooses Saxon, and Brita chooses Dane, and she sails off with Ragnar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just the little I read, that makes sense to me that that's what she would mm-hmm. choose. It it seemed like it was such a better life <coughs> for her. Yeah, she she fit better with the the Danish, I don't know, Culture. milieu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I genuinely, genuinely liked it. Um, as I said, it, it's just the kind of stuff I would read anyway. <laughs> so, I'm sorry that I've inflicted it upon you. No, it's it's good to read outside your comfort zone. Um, you want to talk about some tropes, if you found any? Uh, so I am, I am so ingrained in like young adult tropes, and I didn't think a lot of them applied. Although you did pull out the insider, and that made sense. So. Yeah, I, I wrote a couple down, okay. um, and actually I'll. I, you don't have them. I'll just, yeah, just go. I'll just go. Um, this one, I was. It was a sort of like the the tortured hero. Right. Certainly, from his own perspective, yes. Uhtred kind of is like he's torn between two two sides, and he's always like, you know, am I am I doing this? Am I doing the right thing? Like the fates will decide. I want this, but I can't have it. He wants to you know his ancestral birthright. 
I mean, the degree to which this landed noble is actually pitiable, pitiable is debatable for sure. Because, mm-hmm. like, especially in that day, like, he's he's he actually probably grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. Whereas most people grew up with like mud in their teeth, yeah. So I was like, all right, Uhtred, you know, check yourself a little bit. But from from his perspective, he is a tortured hero. I think yeah. like he definitely feels like um, been being pulled in two directions, and I have loyalty in both directions. What do I do? Um, he feels like his birthright's been denied, and again, it's like I cry me a river. I can't inherit my castle. Yeah, well, he <laughs> really wanted that castle. Um, and then in terms of of insider, I thought that there were kind of two roles uh, where. Initially, Ragnar and Raven kind of serve as the insiders to, to explain here's what it means to be a Dane, Uhtred, and we're gonna we're gonna teach you the ways of, of war and, and Danish culture and all that kind of stuff. And then later in the book, um, Leofric, this Saxon another warrior who he, he kind of bonds with, kind of plays a similar role from the Saxon perspective. So he's like, you know, here's here's how we do things and, and here's why it, what you're doing is stupid and <laughs> And all this kind of stuff, which sort of led me to another one, and this was a little bit more of a stretch, but the, the don't leave the car trope, mm. because Ragnar seems, uh, sorry, I mean, Uhtred, he, he rarely heeds the advice of the Saxons when he's in the Saxon area. He tries to still act like a Dane, and they're like, well, don't do this, and he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And I was like, well, now you're going to reap the repercussions of that action because you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot, of, a lot of situations, and I think that this actually was more prominent in the TV show. Like, they really played this up, where it would be, like, something that is obviously a bad decision, and he does it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what do you want? I'm, I was raised Danish, kind of a thing. So that, w- that, that was a little bit more a stretch. It's but hard to like a character that does stupid things just to do them. Yeah. That's entitlement. Yeah. Which is annoying. That's the new angst. I guess so. Entitlement. But, I mean, I, he's, he certainly feels entitled as a as a character but yeah it's just really basic things that he just you know doesn't heed advice and is like hey, he's in trouble now mm-hmm. if you if only you'd listened <laughs> um so that's what i had for for the tropes um did you feel he was relatable mm, no he's my first one where i'm saying no no okay. um it's such a different way of life and he's, he, he's kind of spoiled. But kind of not. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like you need, you really need some to either relate or to really hate a character to attack a book. Some kind of a strong emotion. Yes, and he never gave me a strong emotion either way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, as 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 I've said in, in previous um, podcasts, I, I I don't know if it's just a flaw in my 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 reading approach, but I don't even usually tend to try to really relate to characters, and certainly in this case, you know, Uhtred's worldview, his reaction situations are really not what mine would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I also obviously don't have the problems of you know a thousand plus years ago. I'm not a landed noble with a castle that I've been denied. Um, the one thing that I, I, if I was trying, I could say, like, you know, on a, a really broad perspective, just you know, being the outsider generally mm-hmm. um, uh, is, is somewhat relatable in, 
you know, narrow applications. Um, I'm, you know, a white guy in America. I'm not usually the outsider. I mm -hmm. understand that. Um, but I mean, I don't know, being uncertain of the best course of action. Sure, I, yeah, I felt that. Yeah. Um, so. Inner war between your Christian gods and your pagan gods. Well, I mean, I, I guess actually, if any, if anything, the 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 outsider in terms of religion is something that I can also identify with because that is something that I often, uh, you know, feel when someone comes up and assume that I'm religious. And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> you're not correct. Let's have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that 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 that's something as well. Um. Angstiness. So I'm gonna say I didn't even read this. Because to me, there was no angst. You can totally disagree with me. No, I, I said maybe a two. Like if I was gonna if I was gonna rate it, but I don't know that he's angsty. He gets he gets a little broody sometimes. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it mainly about you know his his lost castle, Bevenberg, and he wants it, and he's like a little mopey. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's he's usually you know confident that the, the spinners, as he calls them, the, the fates, basically destiny. Yeah have set his path, so he never really dwells on it. He always, you know, destiny is all and all this kind of stuff, so I don't really know if he's angsty or just, set like, I don't know, wants a castle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, hmm. obviously, like, when I was a teenager, like, looking back, I would say, ooh, the angst, but I, I feel like angst is such a new way of describing, like, mm -hmm. an attitude. Like, no one ever said that, like, when I was... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. So I'm never even sure, like to be honest, what it like. It's such a nebulous, like angst. It, it's, it's to me, it always seemed like not a concrete definition anyway. Yeah, but once you, once you experience it, <laughs> you are slammed with it. Okay, well, I, I guess I haven't read those you, books. You, well, you have to go hang out with the teenagers downstairs sometimes, and you, you hear their, their it, life woes, and it, it's been a long time since I hung out with teenagers. Yeah, and <laughs> probably since I was a teenager. It's, it's something else. Um, how did you rate the book? I did not give it a rating yet because I that's, did not finish. That's fair. I was going to say B or B plus. Okay. Because I liked it. Um, I liked the old English nomenclature. I liked the overall historicity. I like historical fiction, usually. Mm -hmm. I've read some that I didn't like, but I like this. Um, this this was a book that appealed to me. And I, I apologize again because not only did I pick a book that you didn't finish, I picked a book that's art, probably not even a YA book, but it's not the first one because you did read The Chemist. Yeah, but it was a YA author. Yeah. Well, this is this is a YA character. It's a <laughs> it's a YA protagonist, but I don't I don't really think upon finishing the book that I'd. It would be hard to argue that it's a YA book. Do you think you'll read the other books in the series? I think I'll read the next one. Okay. I don't know if I'll continue from there, but. Yeah, I think I think I'll read another one. I think I'll stick to Vikings and romance novels. Viking ro Viking romance is that a, is that a genre? Oh yeah, absolutely. Every, everything is a genre. I I don't think I've I've seen that before. <laughs> Find you something, order something. Do um, you have a a recommendation? Yeah. Uh, this is a stretch because I really wanted it to be a young adult recommendation. That's so good. I looked at it more of like the journey and the fight for your kingdom and what's that yours. That makes sense. Yeah. And I went with Redwall. By oh, Brian the, the mice. Yes. Oh, did you ever read that? Yeah, I, I read like ten of them. That was great. Um, Brian. That's, that's an old. Jacques? Yeah, Jacques or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I Brian Jacques or I don't know. He's got an S in the end, but yeah. the French like silent letters, so yeah. who knows? Um, I I mean I read it. 
like in 2001, so it's been many years. Yeah, I think I read it in the 90s, like Over Redwall, Mossflower, Martin the Warrior, The Bellmaker, and all those kind of stuff. Yeah, my my dad had wanted me to read, um, what's the rabbit book? Oh, that, uh, Watership Down. Yeah, he wanted me to read that for years. Yeah, my I also dad, read that. My dad, I don't read books with animals. And then um, someone had given me a copy of Redwall, and I'm like, ugh, animals. And I loved it. <laughs> and um, it was definitely one of my favorite books and series to recommend to younger teenage guys. I liked it when I was in like middle and high school. And they always looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, just trust me. Yeah. Trust me. It was good. And they would come back for the next one and the one after. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, gentle introduction to like a, a fantasy, her, like heroic fantasy, somewhat action, but like it's, it's still really safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I can see it. That's a good recommendation, right? That's a, well done. You've Thank you've you. earned your degree. Thank you so much. Um, my recommendation was very much not a stretch. It's <laughs> almost a carbon copy. But if you did like this book, then I was going to recommend a book called The Half Drowned King okay. by Linnea Hartsiker. Um, last name is H A R T S U Y K E R. That's it's kind of a weird one. I think it's Hartsiker. Um, <laughs> it's it's almost embarrassingly similar. It's um it's from the same it's historical fiction from like ninth or tenth century, uh it's got Vikings in it <laughs> it's got a young this time it's from the perspective of someone who's firmly on the Viking end of things, okay. um, it follows two characters uh, Ragnvald and his sister Svanhild, um, his relation to another historical figure Harold Fairhair who's sort of like an Alfred and unites Norway. Okay. under one ruler. Um, so he's also a young, like, mid to late teens uh, when the book starts, and I think by the end of the book, I mean, he might be 20, 21. So similar to Uhtred. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a historical f- a character. Like, Ragnvald, Svanhild, and Harold are all um, verifiable people. So unlike, like, the, the way that The Last Kingdom went, uh, Bernard Cornwell created this character and then kind of used that as a as a lens to view real people in history, whereas uh, Linnea Hartsiker is just writing as the person in history. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's theoretical. It's you know a thousand plus years prior, um, but you know both both uh, protagonists are young men, mid to late teens. Um, this story, Half Drowned King, tracks the quest of Harold to become the first king of the United Norway very much like Alfred is trying to become the king of the United England. Um, it's more about internal strugger, struggles within the Norse factions. Uh, they do you know, kind of mention raids against the Irish and the Saxons, um, and they talk about actually the Danes in England okay. um, in the Half-Drowned King, and they talk about how they have so much English silver because the English have been paying them tribute, stuff like that. Um, so if you did like The Last Kingdom, <laughs> you'll almost certainly like the Half-Drowned King uh, because it's very much not a stretch. Okay. Um, so that was that was my my read alike suggestion. Thank you. I guess we're wrapping it up then. Yeah. Um, so next month, I do not have a book planned um, because Alexis promised she would come back, and we are going to just sort of wrap up the year mm. and discuss some of the stuff we have read um, together and um, separately because I've. Read forty books this year, so I've got some stuff to talk about. Um, so hopefully we will get that done before the new year. But eh, crazy time of year, so we'll see what happens. It might be in January. Um, 
So uh, thank you, Ryan, for coming out and podcasting with us today. Um, if you're looking for something to read, you can check us out, www.camdencountylibrary.org. Um, we have access to all kinds of great recommendation options, uh, novelists, next reads. You can always come in, talk to a young adult loving librarian. You've heard a few of us over the last year. If you can break into Ryan's room, you can talk yeah. to him a little bit about Vikings and Good luck. And not liking X Files books. I, I, sh I, I should let you know. I was actually listening to X Files on the TV while I was reading this. <laughs> I I didn't dislike the X Files. I liked one more than the other mm -hmm. for sure. But they were, they were they were readable. Yeah, it's not the worst thing I read this year. Nor I. All right. So on that note, this is Kristen signing off. Uh, this is Ryan saying "Bayo you soon," which I think means goodbye in old old English. <laughs>